welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast. We're only one of us an actual father, none of us a priest. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big, Herbie Herbach. What up, what up? And Trey Stinky Jose. How we doing, folks? Uh, this is our late game starts of the week episode, so we're going to go through all the matchups, I believe seven in the late window, and then uh, give you our starts of the week. Uh, so if you're looking for early games, that is on a previous episode, so go listen to that if you're looking for any of the early window matchups. Early window as in any game played at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1, per- 1 p.m. Eastern. Nice straight. Uh, <laughs> well, people be like, "Oh, what's the early games?" Like, I mean, that's the early games. So. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, this is a new podcast, not nude. New podcast, meaning uh, we just there's there, there's no video. We might be. Who knows? Yeah, yeah you never know. And we're but like we're on a desk yet. I might be. Might not be wearing shorts. Yeah, who knows? Brand new desks too. New podcast, new desk. So everything's new here, uh, except for us and our existence within fantasy football. We've all been playing fantasy football for a long time, and so we hope to help you uh, with some guidance and some takes um, with our opinions. Um, So, yeah, Um, I think like 40-plus years' experience between the three of us, Um, some championships for sure. And a lot of I'm like good John times. over here. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't stop winning. Um, but um, if you haven't already, check us out on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Uh, we plan on building this podcast and the show and getting on YouTube and all that. But for now, we're not on YouTube, but we're at anywhere where you can watch or listen to podcasts. Oh, yeah. I mean, and like Jim was saying, we are a new podcast. And um, the reason you should listen to us, that we were talking about this before the podcast, I personally believe you should listen to us because we're putting all this work in and getting these facts out uh, to you guys, the listeners, just because uh, we want to. Like, no one's paying us to. This this episode's not sponsored by nothing. Besides, not a damn thing, dude. It's sponsored by our goodwill in James's basement. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, and these beers we're drinking. Shout out to Brick West Brewery. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, we're doing this for the love of the game. We love fantasy football, and we feel like our insights are worthy of sharing. Yeah. Damn straight. <laughs> and with that, let's get right into the late games. Uh, Denver Broncos taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 46 points. Uh, Eckler, Austin, that is, is back from the COVID list and should be ready to go. So what do you do with Justin Jackson? Let's say you're not the Eckler manager, but you roster Justin Jackson. If Eckler is back, do you think you can still flex Justin Jackson after his huge game last week? Uh, no. Uh, you keep a nice warm spot right there on the bench for him. <laughs> you don't chase those points? No. Are you like? I'm sorry. If you are, you are stupid. And I say that in the nicest way possible. Yeah. Very nicely, you are stupid. <laughs> yeah, and in the nicer way to put it, compared to Irby, is that Eckler obviously has a stranglehold on this offense, and he's healthy and he's back. Um, Justin Jackson's not going to make a dent into his workload. Now, if Eckler's out, 
whole different ball game, buddy. Do you see Justin Jackson as RB1, RB2? Um, well, I mean, he's not Eckler. Eckler's RB1 regardless of matchup. Jackson would probably be RB2 or like a high-end flex against this Broncos defense. Okay. Which makes him a start in championship week if yeah. Eckler's out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Mike Williams also back from the COVID list. Uh, would you take that risk starting Mike Williams against the Denver Broncos defense? I will just say no. I had the privilege of looking into this matchup a little bit more than the other matchups. And um, Denver's defense is just really solid against receivers. And last time that they played, they really didn't allow both receivers to thrive. Keenan Allen did okay. The best game for receivers for that game was like seven catches, 85 yards. Am I getting that wrong? I'm not looking at the document. Nope, you're right. That was Keenan Allen. Right. So, I mean, I don't like Mike Williams, and I'm barely liking Keenan Allen. I mean, it's if you can, I wouldn't start either of them. Really? So you see Keenan Allen as like a wide wide receiver three low end? Like you can't even flex him? Wide receiver four, Mike Williams. (laughs) Tyler, what do you think? Against the Broncos, yes. I get it. I get the matchup, but. He's a good, like a really good receiver with a really good quarterback. I, I see where you're getting at, but this is like we're go, we're talking about a divisional game, which we already have a sample size from because they played earlier in this year, and Mike Williams has already been incredibly inconsistent. Right, yeah, Mike Williams. I'm with you, though, but are you saying you're not going to start Keenan Allen? It, like, did I hear this correctly? That's what he said. Why does you? I'm uh, saying I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to. If you're starting him, hoping he just has, if he if he can reproduce what he did against them last time that they played in Week 12, I believe, um, he's going to finish with 12 points in a half PPR league. So, I mean, that, that it really puts him right in like that that edge area, that gray area. Yeah, but that also means that he's also a worthy flex play regardless. It does, yeah, yep. If you're being, yep. You, so. broke, you broke it down, and that, <laughs> that is true, yeah. Like, would you rather start <laughs> Keenan Allen or Odell Beckham Jr.? OBJ. Keenan Allen or Devontae Smith? I'm, I'm talking sorry. this week, people. <gasps> Devontae Smith or Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen, and they're both going to be trash. <laughs> uh, you heard it here uh, first, <laughs> folks. From Stinky, this isn't the podcast opinion, okay? This is just me. No, that yeah. and he could be completely. Okay, right. I'm, I'll, I'll put this in there, a little sprinkle on the top of everything I'm saying. AFC West guy, I've been watching the AFC West for years. Don't mess with the Broncos' pass defense. <laughs> he, Championship week, dog. Could be completely right. I mean, Keen Allen basically the only reason he didn't have like a great game against the Broncos is because he didn't score a touchdown. He still had ten catches or ten targets, seven catches for over eighty yards. I mean, that's starting that's still, numbers. Yeah, I mean, solid game. And it's Keen Allen, like. We praised him earlier in the year. He's the literal definition of consistency when it comes to wide receivers. I still expect him to see 10 targets and catch seven balls. And if he gets the end zone, then boom. That changes. But like, either, either way, like he has the floor of a starting receiver. He's such a good route runner. I don't think um, this, like, obviously good quarterback cornerbacks are going to have better games. But I, I really don't think that the skill level of the defensive backs against Keenan Allen matters as much because, like, he'll get open 
enough throughout a game to to be somewhat productive. Like like you said, last last game he's he still had seven catches for eighty five yards against Broncos. So I just think his skill level is way too high to not start him. Um so but I, I understand your hesitancy, Trey. Uh what about the running backs? Melvin Gordon, um and Javante Williams on the Broncos side. Um both had limited practice today, but they're both expected to be ready. Uh the Chargers just got exposed by Rex Burkhead last last week. 149 yards, two touchdowns. So how do you feel about Melvin and Javante? Are they both they both, you know, RB twos? Yeah, they are. And I for some like, I just have it in my gut. I'm leaning Javante this week. With Melvin battling a hip injury, I don't know. It's for some reason my gut is just leaning that Javante will have more um he'll have better opportunities than he has seen with this uh running back committee. Do you guys feel the same about that? I mean, this is a straight gut feeling, but do you guys see where I'm coming from with that? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I think both can be played. Yeah, absolutely. Um and Javante Williams is honestly just the better back. And I know Melvin Gordon's like he's pretty consistent and he just continues to produce week in, week out, but like he's never gonna be the type of guy that gives you the explosive play, the big play. Javante Williams is that guy. So like I'm I would always lean Javante Williams over Melvin Gordon at this point. Um, but they're both starting running back. Uh Drew Locke looks to be the starter again this week while Theodore Watercrossing remains in concussion protocol. I need to take a sip of my bourbon after saying Theodore Watercrossing. <laughs> AKA Teddy Bridgewater. I feel like you should you've been like when I was writing the document, I was like, what did I call this guy yeah. really fancy earlier this year? I was like, Theodore. And I, in, my, in my mind, I was like, River Board. Something, I'm about, like, what? <laughs> something about crossing a... <laughs> um, but in that um, sense, the Denver passing game has been terrible. Um, ever since they signed all their receivers to massive contracts, they've been non-existent. Um, and even though the matchup is um, nice for the tight end position against the Chargers, I'm still not wanting to start any of the receivers or Noah fan. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that's where I'm at. No, I feel the same. Um, I just wanted to like, say that, like, the Denver ride receiver group is extremely talented. Like they're a really good bunch. Um, I, this is their lack of, of production is I think solely based off of poor quarterback play. Yeah. So next year when they p- get, you know, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, uh, all signs are looking up. <laughs> <laughs> don't even don't let's not start that. You basically said what I was going to say. Um, I agree with what you were saying. I don't like any of the receivers. I would start no fan. Um, Oof. Dude, it's it's tough, but you kind of have to. It, the tight end it's landscape right is pimp. yeah. It, the tight end landscape is hard, but I'm curious what Denver knows about like next year's draft or off season, where they just like want to give all that money up, knowing what they have at quarterback. They must know something. They they have something in the works. A little bit of tampering. Yeah, I just I can't get over you wanting to start Noah Fant. I just I don't like it at all. What are, I don't know. Ty, how do you feel about that? 
The Chargers are terrible against tight ends. That's um, true. That's like, the only hope that it gives me. But look at his like, just look at his game log. Hey, just just ignore the game log. <laughs> <laughs> just take a gamble. Just take a little gander at that. Um, no, I down. mean it's it's tough. But like tight ends are, you know, it's it's a tough position. It is year in year out, and unless you have one of the top couple guys, you're mostly playing matchups. This is a good matchup. This yeah. Is, this is a matchup that I'm willing to roll the dice with. Even with Theodore Watercrossing and or Drew Locke at quarterback. I mean, there's no third option, so yeah. <laughs> uh, Texans taking on the 49ers. The Niners are 12.5-point favorites. Uh, Over-unders, 44 points. Davis, Mill has scored, Davis Mills has scored between 15 and 19 fantasy points since the reins were handed over to him four weeks ago, do you consider him startable in championship week? I think he is borderline startable depending on who's available in your league. He has shown since he's got the reins handed to him, right, that he's been somewhat consistent. It's, ah, man, he's he's a borderline guy. He's right on the border for me. I, he, I I said it before, he's a slinger, and his numbers have been slowly improving since they gave him like the keys of the offense. Yeah. He's capable of throwing 300 yards and two touchdowns. I would agree with that. And he, he did it the other week where he threw like, for 400-plus. Um, but I am not quite there yet. <laughs> well, I mean, last week I, he I, had that game without Brandon Cooks. Yeah, yeah. And – Look, I think he'll be around for a while. Like, he looks like he could be like a journeyman backup quarterback in the league for a long time. Um, but as far as starting him in fantasy, like a single QB league, I'm not going there. Um, it would have to be two QB league, and I'm in a pretty kind of desperate situation. That's the only that's that's where I would see starting Davis Mill. I mean, he's right on the fringe of being a starting quarterback. So, Superflex, definitely worthy of starting. Championship game, if you're starting. I mean, if you're looking at guys like Derek Carr. um, God, who else is floating around the waiver wire you guys can think of right now? But, like, it's guys like Derek Carr, Taylor Heineke. Like, I would roll with Davis Mills over those guys. Yeah, man, that's... that's... To a... Two has been somewhat struggling as of late. It's so tough. I mean, you're talking about a rookie with, who has, you know, what, four starts or five starts underneath his belt. Well, we said it last week. It's a rookie fighting for his job. They basically they basically let him know when he got the starting position, right? It's like, here you go. Win this job. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if I'm in a one QB league, this is not the guy I want to go with. I'm hoping there's a better option because, um, like I said, he's borderline. You know, he's somewhere between, like, 12 to 15 probably and depending on the rankings you're looking at I just I hope there's a better spot for to go like in a pinch okay but man just yeah <laughs> borderline worthy it, man it's so hard that's such just such a hard position to like be in uh David Johnston is still on the covid list but with new rules could be back in time while Rex Burkhead went off last week for 149 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but if Johnson is active this week, it looks to become like a committee again. So 
and Brandon Cooks is off the COVID list and good to go. So on this Houston side, do you go there with Rex Burkhead? Um, and with Brandon Cooks being back, is he a must start in your opinion? Brandon Cooks is a must start. And if David Johnson's back, I think it um, drastically lowers Burkhead's value, which makes sense. And if they're both healthy, if I had to, I would try Burkhead if you had to choose between the two. David Johnson, like even though he's been getting carries and whatnot when he was healthy, wasn't producing as much as Burkhead was. Even before he went down, Burkhead was just like the more productive running back. And he proved it last week, obviously, with Johnson out. But if you really have to take a flyer between Johnson and Burkhead, it has to be Burkhead. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I think with Johnson back healthy, um, I don't want to play either one of them. Uh, Burkhead's guy would roll with if you have to, but I'm trying to pivot. Uh, but I think I do agree with you that like, Cooks is actually probably a must start this week. Uh, San Francisco was really bad against pass. I didn't even like realize this like until I just looked at it. On the year, they're giving up 37 points per game to receivers. It's the fifth worst in the league. And in the last month, they're even worse. Giving up 43 points per game, points per game to wide receivers. So, Brandon Cooks is the only wide receiver like they even throw the ball to in Houston. That means he's likely to have a very, very good game. Uh, Jimmy G still hasn't practiced yet this week while Trey Lance is taking all the first-team reps. It's looking likely that Trey Lance will get the start this week. Uh, Lance has had one start this year. He passed for 192 yards and an interception and rushed 16 times for 89 yards. Um, I think there was another game where he came in in the second half and had like 20-plus fantasy points in one half of football. He did. It was the Seahawks back in like week five. Yeah. Uh, it was the week before his first uh, career start. Right. Right. Um, Houston allowed Josh Allen to run for 50 yards earlier this season. Um, do you see Lance as a as a QB1 this week if he gets a start? Here we go. Diving in head first in the shallow end of the pool. <laughs> Shout out to Bill Saki, my dad's childhood friend that did the same. He's in a wheelchair, but he's cool as fuck now. <laughs> <clears throat> Hopefully the same results don't happen to me. I am rolling with Trey Lance this week, diving yeah. into the shallow end of the pool, head first. Yes, sir. Yeah, and um, honestly, I'm just going off of like everything that we're all about on this podcast, rushing quarterbacks, providing a solid floor. Um, just with his rushing upside, I think like he has a floor of 12 points. All he has to do is like throw for 150 yards and a touchdown, and you have 20-plus points. Yeah. We saw Taysom Hill do it. Um. We've seen, who else am I thinking of here? Huntley. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we saw Huntley come in as a backup and do it. So anyone who has rushing upside is worthy of a start. Uh, uh, honestly, this this week, I'll just say it right now. I'm thinking I'm starting Trey Lance over Dak Prescott versus Cardinals. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a real debate. I've seen it all over Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I'm not against Dak. I'm not sure that's a, a little dicier, but. I think if you're in a tough QB position, Trey Lance is probably your your best option, actually. I would take him over Davis Mills. Um, oh well yes. Well, I mean let's you're, get a little let's get a little dice here. Would you no, take okay. him over I'm just saying because Mills is a borderline starter, right? Like no one knows what Trey Lance really is yet. He's played, you know, 
like a handful of snaps most of the year. So I think it's more likely that Trey Lance and Davis Mills finish similar in points than Trey Lance having more points than him. If that makes sense, they'll probably both finish around 20 points. I think it's very likely. I do like Lance, though, with the rushing <laughs> upside. I mean, just like Lance I said, with rushing the rushing upside. upside, I'm all about. Davis Mills, not as much. Um, like, if I was um, a Tom Brady manager and, and I have been holding on to Trey Lance, I, I would consider starting Trey Lance right now over Tom Brady this week in the championship. I'd consider it. Don't know if I'd do it. But, like, that's the that's where I'm seeing Trey Lance. I'm seeing him up there, like, pretty high. Um, solid, absolute solid QB1, without a doubt, if he gets to play the whole game. Though I think the only thing that kills his upside is, like, um, Jeff Wilson and Debo Samuel being so productive that they don't need Trey Lance to run the ball at all. I think that's the only thing that kills his upside. I, I see where you're coming from, and I'm for, for whatever reason, I'm on the other side of that, where I think, like, with those guys providing, like, such a strong rushing presence along with Trey Lance, kind of transforming the offense from what... I mean, we saw when Trey Lance is in, the offense is way different than when Jimmy G's in. The, these guys could go off for 300-plus rushing yards, just with like Debo being wild, um, Jeff Wilson being back there, doing his thing lately, Trey Lance being just... a different flavor than Garoppolo. People aren't used to it, not much film on him. It could turn into a real shit show with the 49ers like just destroying in the run game. Yeah, and it could kill you, though, too. Like, Elijah Mitchell um, has been limited. Uh, not sure yet if he's going to play or not. I think if he's active, kind of have to play him because um, I think the only way they're going to make him active and play him is if he's actually ready to go, but... Uh, it gets dicey for sure because he's coming off the injury and all that. But I think he's if he's active, I'm playing him. Um, Debo obviously is a must start. Brandon Ayuk, where do you guys see him? Is he a wide receiver two, wide receiver three? Um, I think at best he's wide receiver three. Houston is so weak against the run game and. San Francisco is so good at it. Um, I can see them. I mean, they could run, go draw back and run the ball, you know, 50 times, especially with Trey Lance playing. Because you're just, Trey Lance, you know, there, how many times is he going to draw back to pass and then just take off and run with it uh, on a QB scramble? You know, I bet you you could see that happening five or six times in a game. That just really limits the opportunities for Ayuk to get to catch any balls. Yeah, I totally agree. I would, I would put Ayuk at almost being like unstartable at this point. Like, he has probably one of the best snap percentages in the league. I mean, this guy's close to 100%, like almost, you know, the last eight weeks or so, but the usage is not there. You know who Brandon Ayuk reminds me of? Let me throw this one out there. Brian Edwards. <laughs> oh, you have a 90-plus snap count percentage, and your usage makes absolutely no sense? Like, why does the coach trust you to be on the field all the time but won't give you the goddamn ball? Just out there running empty routes, man. Empty routes, yeah. Um, that should be an episode we'll have one day. <laughs> empty routes <laughs> featuring Brian Edwards and Brandon Ayu. <laughs> uh, Detroit Lions take on the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are seven-point favorites. Over-unders 42.5 points. Starting on the Detroit side, DeAndre Swift dealing with the shoulder, uh, put in his second full practice of the week on Thursday. 
So I've been on the side of saying they're going to sit him for the year because they've won one game, but Dan Campbell's not going to let that happen. Two games. Uh, excuse me, Detroit Lions fans. <laughs> the disrespect is insane. And a tie. Yeah, and a tie. Uh, head coach Dan Campbell said earlier this week that he expected Swift to return in Week 17 against the Seahawks. And Swift's two full practices so far are backing that statement up. Do you guys believe it? And if so, are you starting Swift this week? 100%. The matchup is is great. The Seahawks defense gives up a ton of yards. We've said it for weeks now. Um, but one thing they really give up is a ton of yards through the air to running backs. And DeAndre Swift is a great pass-catching back. So I expect him to come in and immediately produce running back one numbers again. Yeah, I mean, if he's active and playing, you have to start him. Like, you don't you don't have a choice. Um, so I would agree with that. Uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, since week 13, St. Brown is third in the league in targets behind only Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson. Uh, nine targets, 11 reception, or how does that work? I think it's supposed to be 11 targets, nine receptions for 91 yards and one touchdown last week. How do you view Amon Ross St. Brown? Absolute must start. Absolute must start. Dude is quarterback proof. I've been just harking his name on Twitter all goddamn week. <laughs> if I'm wrong about this, I'll be pissed. You're seeing the consistent, yep. though, the consistent play. It's wide receiver one numbers. Yeah. But. Let me throw this out, out out here at you. Swift is back. Is it not a coincidence that Amra's streak here started with Swift starting to miss time? Literally, Swift has been out for four weeks. The last four weeks with Amra St. Brown finally put it all together. It also started when they brought on Josh Reynolds. I was waiting for Jim to bring that up. <laughs> I know. That's perfect but counter. I'm still on my – I'm still and on it. I know, and that's what we've been on was like Josh Reynolds opening up. But could it have been a product of DeAndre Swift being out? Maybe a combination of both, but I think uh, what this team wants to do is, you know, they don't want to just have one guy that they go to. Like, I think they want to have a, a stud receiver that can take that type of volume and and a running back that can do it all as well. So I would lean more towards, yeah, I'm sure, you know, the the opportunity does increase with DeAndre Swift out, but I think they know what they have in Amon Ross St. Brown. He's a pretty good player. Um, and I think they're going to keep getting the ball. Well, I mean, I'll just say this again. Literally the floor in the last four weeks for him, his worst game, I mean, his floor is 11 targets, 8 catches, 73 yards, with a really, really, really good chance to score a touchdown. Yeah. He scored three touchdowns in the last four games. I mean, that definitely makes him a flex-worthy play championship At least, week. right, yeah. When we're talking double-digit targets four weeks in a row, I can't figure it out right now, but I guarantee you not many guys have had that this year. No. Yeah, I mean, except for, you know, like the Cooper Cups of the world. So, I mean, and I agree with you guys. I want to believe that Almond Ron St. Brown is still going to continue to put up these kind of numbers. It's just, it's a interesting coincidence that it started happening the second DeAndre Swift started this game. Yeah. And also, the second they signed Josh Reynolds. Uh, <laughs> I hate you for saying that. <laughs> um, on the other Honestly, side of the ball. The thing is, too, I didn't even notice that until I. Saw, I was like, wait, DeAndre Swift just coming back? And I, like, I just like put the put it together. Just yeah, real take quick. that, take yeah. put it in your pocket, go home and burn it. Yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't want it. Uh, this side of the ball, though, DK Metcalf practiced fully in thir- on Thursday. 
Uh, he should be fine for the game. He's been dealing with that foot injury. Um, should be good to go, but do you guys trust him and or Lockett, who went Lockett, that is, went six targets, three, three receptions for 30 yards um, last week um, in that bad weather, snowy game against the Chicago Bears? How do you guys feel about the Seattle Seahawks receivers? Let's just be real. If you're rolling with DK Metcalf this year, or you were rolling with him, you're not in the championship probably. I mean, he had like probably. an eight-week eight, eight stretch where he was just not scoring. Um, yeah. yeah, he went, I think you're right, I think it was eight weeks before touchdowns when he finally scored again last week. I'm looking at eight or seven straight games of less than eight points and half PPR. Just fell off the face of the earth in the middle of the season. Uh, that being said, I am not, I don't like DK Metcalf right now. How do you feel about DK Metcalf? I wouldn't start him. Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, the, the problem is that I think for most people, they probably drafted him at a pretty high point. And so you probably have to start him if you're still rolling with him at this point. Um, but Tyler Lockett, I think, is the much better play this week. Yeah, and even then, Lockett feels like one of the most consistent boomer bust options in the league right now. Like, he's almost the definition of a boomer bust option. He is. Five boom games, seven bust games with a few mediocre games thrown in there. He is, but I will put put this out there. Um, the Lions give up the highest average depth of target in the league, and it's not even close. Tyler Lockett has one of the highest average depth of target in the league, getting uh, almost four deep targets a game. Russ loves to throw it to him deep, and against the Lions, he's Going to have his fair chance to make a couple of really big plays. I saw an interesting stat earlier today that there's only uh, three receivers that have like more than 1,000 yards and um, uh, some other stat in the last three years, and Tyler Lockett's one of them. Like, secretly inconsistent. Quietly, boomer bust guy for sure, but definitely produces. Yeah, from, from week to week. Year. Week to week, he's tough, but like he does on the whole of the year. Like sure. That's that's kind of the Tyler Lockett story. Um, well, with that, does that give you confidence in Russ then? Um, since week 10, which they had their, their buy in week 9, he's the QB 13 um, overall. Is he a top 12 QB this week um, against Detroit? Man, it's, it's tough. Russ, I, I watch these games so like – so religiously for the Seahawks, you know, being being the Homer fan over here on that one, but there's still just you know a couple throws per game where he is like not even close. Yeah, and I know they're it's like like I know they're like the, the fingers fine, the fingers fine, like it's not fine. There's something wrong still there because he the only the way I can attribute it if it's not the finger, it's something mentally, right? Yeah, I mean exactly. Yeah, if it's not a physical thing, then maybe it's him like trying to like. I'm not as good as I really am because I want to not be in Seattle. Yeah. You know, whatever it may be. Whole lot <laughs> going through his head, maybe. Yeah, yeah. it could yeah. be. But, like, I attribute that to to a physical factor because, like, Russ has been one of the ultimate winners in the NFL since he came into the league uh, with and like with great defenses and without great defenses. Right. So I think the competitor to him is, wouldn't let you know something like that happen. I think it's physical. Uh, You would hope so. At yeah. this point. And right? with all that being said, I never answered the question on whether he's a top 12 back quarterback this week. <laughs> Got into your diary a bit there. I, I, I did a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I mean, against the Lions, probably. He'll probably, honestly, there's a very good shot that Joe they, Burrow or Russell Wilson? Joe Burrow. Not even a question. Um, Joe Burrow's a top five play this week. Hint, hint. <laughs> but no, Russ, I mean, he's almost guaranteed to probably get two or three. Tyler Huntley or Russell Wilson. Russell's bound to get two or three <laughs> deep shots, uh, like completions per game uh, in this game. I'll take Tyler Huntley. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to finish as my the non Seahawks <laughs> fan. I, I just wanted to finish my statement. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's tough. Huntley Russ is really tough. I uh, well, I'll I'll jump in here. Russ has been yeah. super inconsistent this year. This guy already knows, but. The Lions, as we know, have lost a lot of games this year. I've been playing. Teams are probably running the ball on them a lot, right? So this stat might be a little construed here. But, I mean, they've only allowed multiple touchdowns to be thrown against them in six games out of 16 weeks this year. Other than that, so that's 10 games where they allowed one touchdown or less through the air. Whether that's game script or not, the Lions are not allowing a lot of passing touchdowns. Yeah. Our team's just running the ball all over him. And the only person <laughs> the only person that threw four against him was Aaron Rodgers because he was mad in week two that he got his ass whooped in week one. <laughs> so he had to come back and bounce back, right? And then we got Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow throwing for multiple touchdowns. Um, Kirk Cousins and, surprisingly, Theodore Watercrossing. But, I mean, uh, those surprising. are the guys who have scored multiple touchdowns. Yeah. Everyone else is zero or one or less. Yeah, I like that dig. I think, I think Russ is a fringe top 12 QB honestly this week my heart's telling me yes <clears throat> my mind's telling me no uh. if you have a <laughs> if you have a specific you know Russ versus someone else another quarterback hit us up on Twitter at the FF fathers we'll answer it uh Rashad Penny is he a must start at this point he's got the third most uh oh never mind he is facing the Detroit Lions who are giving up the third most fantasy points a week to the position he is the RB5 since week 13 RB5 overall. Um, basically had two boom games and two bust games. Is this a boom or a bust against the Lions? I'm screaming boom. This is another guy who, like, on Twitter this whole week, I'm just like, is, is everyone sleeping on this man? Like, no one's talking about him going against the they've Detroit been, Lions. They've just been hurt too many times before, I think. Okay, well, let me just dive into this a little bit more here. In Seattle this weekend on Sunday, it's going to be 40 degrees and raining. You mean like every other Sunday in Seattle? <laughs> well, hey, I'm just gonna say it's it's gonna actually it's gonna be it's gonna be a wet, shitty day in Seattle when they're yeah. playing that football game. If this forecast stays true, which means the ball's not gonna fly around very well, Rashad Penny's been great against bad teams, which we talked about before. I think this is so obvious. Rashad Penny's gonna win people fucking leagues this week, yeah. and people are sleeping on this. No, I, for sure. I think he's a a low end RB one is what I would say, but. Honestly, he's an RB1. Uh, I think he's actually closer to the higher end, only because, as we've seen, against bad defenses, he thrives. The two bus games were against pretty damn good defenses. You know, uh, yeah. one, one being the Rams. So, I think it was the Rams and the Niners, I believe, who are both pretty good against the run. Well, well the only thing that worries me is this offense as a whole and the fact that they're not really playing for anything. Like, that kind of scares me away from Seattle right now. But Rashad I, Penny's playing for a contract. I, that de- yeah. that definitely, yeah. Rashad Penny is playing for something for sure. But 
how yeah. much opportunity I, is he actually going to get? I don't know. There's I mean, still for me like it's still like the competitive nature of the team in general. Like this sure. is the first year you know in ten seasons that they've like really struggled. So, yeah. And I so think, are they looking forward to vacation or do they actually want to play these last I, two games? See, see, I don't see. I don't think so. I think that like their competitiveness in them is still going to want to play. Like there's there's still too many yeah. guys that've been here for you know Russ, obviously Pete, Bobby Wagner. There's guys that have been around for too long and know the winning ways to like be like, no, we're just going to hang it up. Like they're not going to let that happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, either way, you're playing You're paying Penny if you picked him up. Um, he probably a, picked him up for a penny. That's a pretty penny. That's a pretty penny. Uh, Cardinals taking on the Cowboys. Dallas is five and a half point favorites. The over-under is 51 and a half points. Starting on the uh, Arizona Cardinals side of the ball, Kyler hasn't had the same explosive games uh, that we saw from him at the beginning of the year since coming back from his injury. Um, he is the QB 11 on the season despite missing three games, though. So do you trust him in a really tough matchup without DeAndre Hopkins this week? My first reaction is no. Really? I mean, Kyler Murray is the reason that I didn't get to advance in the playoffs in two leagues. Okay? I mean, the, the inconsistency uh, just uh, that comes out of him, like I said before, the inconsistency will lose you games. Yeah. And he has lost me games. I mean, in the last four weeks, he's surpassed 20 points once. That was against Chicago. Right. Bears. I mean, Quan, even against Detroit, he had 12.5 fantasy points. Honestly, this is going to sound real wild. I'm more confident starting Davis Mills this week than Kyler Murray. Oh, no, don't even. Do not. You just you trying to tank this show? What are you doing? Yo, I, I thought you were, I thought you were just smoking beer, or smoking beer. I thought you were just drinking beer over there. Dude, I'm telling you, uh, Kyler Murray is going to lose you some games. I I just don't like what I'm seeing from him. The like the all like the playmaking ability, extending plays, all that kind of stuff is it hasn't really been there this year. Um, Davis Mills most likely gonna be playing from behind, get that garbage time points. Honestly, That's why I said if, that. If, I mean, if Kyler didn't have that massive run last week, um, he would have had a pretty shitty game again. No, no, no. I I agree with you about Kyler. I'm more stuck in the fact that you said Davis Mills over him. <laughs> um, it's more just like yeah. the, you're the player you chose. I wouldn't go that far. But I, uh, hey, I'm just being completely honest. Uh, we're talking about like points being put out, and we'll we'll see once the week's done here. So you Davis go, Mills will finish very close to Kyler Murray. You go Russ over Kyler. Oh man, I wouldn't because of the weather. So you go Davis so Mills Davis over, over Russ yeah. as well. Yes. Okay. Wow. I can't wait to see <laughs> what happens this week with Davis that, Mills. That that is a hot take, man. Like for real. I have I it's not really more of me being like high right. on it's not it's not me being high on Davis Mills. I expect him to do a decent game, you're get eighteen points, look. and you're I expect Russell Wilson and, and him to have very similar and, and uh Kyler Murray, they're gonna have some very similar games. Okay. I expect that to happen. Okay. Wow. Um, that's that's fancy football for you this year, 2020, baby. So, uh, yeah, with Kyler, um, I'm with you there. 2021. Like, like I expect him to have. I I'm not. He's not the guy. Like I don't think he's a must start. Uh, in the two games without DeAndre Hopkins, he's completed less than 60 percent of his passes. 
only has two touchdowns over the last three games. Yeah. And since week uh, four, only three quarterbacks have scored at least 16 points against the Cowboys. Yeah, the the defense has been really... Again, it's not Kyler that you said, it's Davis Mills. I guess is when we need video, because I'm over here just throwing my hands up. <laughs> I'm, I'm disgusted by both of you. Look, the defense has been really good for the Cowboys, but Kyler Murray still has um, an X factor that not a lot of other quarterbacks have in this league. So when you're talking about guys like Davis Mills, like I, I would start Kyler over Davis Mills, obviously. I would start him over Russ. I would start Kyler probably over da- Dak Prescott in the same matchup. So that's where I'm at. I- I'm definitely higher on it, um, even without Diop. Yes. I would go there. And I'm probably the only one. Yeah, I wouldn't go uh, Kyler over Dak. I'd still go Kyler over Davis Mills. But, <laughs> again, it's not your take on Kyler there, Trey. It was just, like, the person you chose to put in front of him. That, that was to drive my point home, and it's going to put it perfectly. We're not going to listen back on this episode, but I'm going to remember us having this conversation, and I'll be looking oh, on Sunday. Oh, tr- trust me, next week, if this shit happens, if Davis Mills outperforms Kyler Murray and Russ, I mean, trust me, I'm coming here with like a fifth for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's 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 pretty likely to happen, and if anything, they're all going to finish very similar to each other. I'll get you some good shit. I'll give you like some Johnny Walker Black or something like. <laughs> like that's how like crazy I think that take is. You're which- a fantasy god if that comes true. I'm uh, a bartender, man. I'll take some rumplements. <laughs> James Conner. Uh, there was a report, a report earlier in the day that Conner would be uh, able to practice. However, that didn't wind up happening. He looks pretty questionable for Sunday's uh, Week 17 game against the Cowboys. So looking likely that James Conner won't play. On the other hand, Chase Edmonds has been able to log some on-field work this week. Um, assuming he's active, that translated to 24 touches for 127 yards from scrimmage and one touchdown, um, on Saturday versus the Colts last week. So it's looking like James Conner's not going to play. So Chase Edmonds for me is a, is a solid start. How, how do you guys view Chase Edmonds? He looked, he looked pretty good last week. He looked uh, quick. He looked, um, you know, consistent. Um, like, like the Chase Edmonds we saw before he got hurt. So, for me, he's a solid RB two, especially with James Conner likely out or at least hobbled in the game. How do you guys feel? Oh yeah, I, I totally agree. If James Conner's out, that puts him like RB one ish for me. Yeah, like we, we've talked about it earlier in the year. Like Chase Edmonds just looks like such a better running back. He just Looks more explosive when he has the ball. Definitely looks like more he makes better decisions. Explosive, yeah. Yeah, so I, I like Chase Edmonds a lot if James Conner is not going to play. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, Edmonds is a is a great play with Conner's out. I granted, I was always higher on Conner than you guys were. Uh, I don't think he looked that poorly as you guys like to try to <laughs> insinuate. Honestly, like there's a reason why he's scoring touchdowns. There's a reason why when Edmonds was out, he was. A kid. Killing it in fantasy, yeah. And there's a reason why I think believe he's actually still a top ten back on the year. It's like they use him a ton. He looked great. He looked 
the, the volume is nuts that he gets. Yeah, like, I, but it was and some of the catches he's making across the middle of the field. And, those, yeah, one hand catch. Uh, clearly, Pittsburgh was not using him the way they should have because uh, he went to Arizona and looked like he's an absolute stud. Right. So, uh, but with all that being said, yes, Chase Edmonds is a very solid start with Connor out. For me, I'm not. I'm not touching the receivers for Arizona. It's it's too spread out. It's not. There's not one guy that's like, hey, I'm like D Hop. Like you know, D Hop's gonna get his his work. He's at least gonna get the targets. AJ Green is done. Um, should probably retire. Uh, the other two guys are tiny receivers. Um, I don't have any confidence in starting any of them. Um, yeah, confidence, no. Um, I mean, AJ Green have to turn back the clock five years. So, um, and like like we said though, like, or as I just spoke earlier with the Cowboys not giving up points to quarterbacks, I mean that they're also not giving up points to receivers. You know, the court they have to get the ball somehow, right? And so, confidently, I'm not starting any wide receiver for Arizona. Um, I think if you have to, you know, you don't have to. <laughs> well, you don't know. You don't know these guys' rosters. You don't know what they're looking at. <laughs> uh, I think AJ Green or Christian Kirk will end up being a decent flex play. You're you flip the coin to figure out which one it's going to be. Yeah, see, that's what I don't like. Uh, Zach Ertz, for me, can be started though. Like he's the only pass catcher I would start in this offense because he's a tight end. Dallas is middling against tight ends, uh, but Ertz has had 11 targets um, two weeks ago and then had 13 targets last week. That's a lot of targets for a tight end, um, which makes him a top 12 play week in and week out, no matter the matchup, I think. Um, so I like Zach Ertz. Uh, you guys have any difference on that? I like Zach Ertz, definitely. like top 12 tight end this week, right? Yeah, um, I honestly without I think that target share is crazy. That's a for, lot of targets for even for I mean he's <laughs> in the last two weeks he has the same target share as Almiron St. Brown. Yeah. So, um, on the other side of the ball, Dak Prescott had a big bounce back game against Washington football team last week. Do we expect the same? He had a few rough weeks in a row there, uh, leading up to that game. Uh, what do we expect this week out of Dak? Um, you know, honestly, it's hard to say. It kind of seems like last week against Washington, the uh, you know, three, four, five weeks of like futility the offense was showing, came to, came together and decided that they were really fucking pissed off, and decided to destroy the rival Washington football team, and now I don't know how they're how they're going to react to that. Um. I know some people immediately put like the Cowboys back and like you know Super Bowl contention because of it and whatnot. I'm not sure if I'm there yet. Who knows? Well, I think this week will tell us a lot. Can they continue to produce what they what they showed last week? And so honestly, Dak, I think most of the Cowboys' offense is a up in the air type of play. I'm leaning towards them all being good again, but I can't say that like with any kind of certainty. Yeah. So Zeke had nine attempts last week, um, but was able to find the end zone twice. 
once on the ground, once through the air. So he feels like a must start, right, because of opportunity alone and, and goal line work. CeeDee Lamb has finished outside the top 30 fantasy wide receivers for the past three games, um, which is certainly not what um, his managers are used to. Um, while last week Amari Cooper was peppered with targets um, all game. So Lamb could bounce back, uh, but the matchup isn't great. He feels like more of a wide receiver too this week against the Cardinals. Um, and so does Amari Cooper, in my opinion. Uh, CD kind of feels like more of like a wide receiver three flex, maybe like, like I uh, might be worthy, but it, the inconsistency kind of scares me. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, it feels too low for me just because of like, he could have a massive game, uh, any given week, but I, I get what you're saying. He has been inconsistent, and so is Cooper. But are you starting both of them? Gosh, honestly, my first reaction is to avoid both of them. But obviously, you could you wouldn't be able to do that if you're rolling with like if you have someone like Kamari Cooper in your lineup. But honestly, if you have Kamari Cooper in your lineup, you've been starting him all year. Like you're not in the championship. <laughs> he hasn't been producing. Yeah, super inconsistent. Um. Gosh, honestly, between the two, the more that I'm looking at the stats, I would prefer CD Lamb. Oh yeah, for sure. I would I would too, but yeah, you're just, you're just praying your guy gets um featured and and gets the looks, but I think both have to be started. I think CD is a must start. He's, you know, the clear number 1 option on in the past game. Amari's a little dicey, but to, you probably drafted him as your receiver too anyway, so you'd probably have to start him. And then Schultz, solid tight end option. You're starting you're starting Schultz at tight end. Uh Panthers taking on the Saints. Uh Saints are seven point favorites, over under thirty eight and a half points. We touching this uh Carolina Panthers offense at all? Uh no, move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no thank you. Uh Kamara. Had a tough week last week with Ian Book at the helm at quarterback, but so did this entire offense. Ian Book did not look like a guy that should be playing quarterback in the NFL, um, but he is. Um, it's looking like Taysom Hill, um, who was activated off the list along with 11 other players, um, including Trevor Simeon, but... Um, Taysom Hill should be the starter in week 17. So Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, both can be started, right? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, Kamara's a must-start still. Last week was like crazy circumstance with the COVID thing. They lost so many players, including their inclu- – really, they went, went down to their fourth-string quarterback because Jameis Winston got hurt earlier in the year. So, I mean, there's a reason why Ian Book looked like he shouldn't be in the NFL because – in regular circumstances, he wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and so exactly. that means Kamara can absolutely, it's still a must start. Like he's, you know, like he's Alvin Kamara. Like, I yeah. don't know how else to say that. Yeah. And I think that sums it up, right? Kamara, Hill, and that's it. Uh, Vikings taking on the Packers on Sunday Night Football. The Packers are six and a half 
point favorites. The over-under is 47.5 points. I'm excited for this game. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, but Rodgers hasn't practiced. Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> uh, Rodgers hasn't practiced all week this week, still dealing with the toe injury, but that has uh, been the common routine since he acquired the toe injury. I mean, at this point, it's, it's his pinky toe. Like, just cu- cut it off. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, it's the Actually, pinky toe. The I'll donate you my pinky toe. Uh, Rodgers... Probably a must start unless you have uh, a solid quarterback with a crazy rushing upside um, to put in for him. Other than that, you're starting Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, obviously, but like just to throw it out there to show how dominant he's been since week 11, he's averaging 26.6 points per game. That is the number one in fantasy, regardless of position. Aaron Rodgers is killing it. <laughs> yeah, he's on fire. Uh, Devontae Adams, in that regard, is a must-start as well. Really quick, I just want to say um, how laughable it was at Aaron Rodgers' ADP this preseason. So incredibly low. And look at what he's doing for yeah. everyone making a championship run. Yeah. People sleep on him for no reason. Yeah. I mean, well, there's a lot of reasons. People have personal vendettas and agendas and all if, that. If you let politics and emotions affect fantasy football, <laughs> you're not going to have a good time. Yeah. Rule yeah. one, don't let your personal emotions affect how you draft your team and or how you start your team. Ivermectin, I don't care. <laughs> I, I be betting Rodgers brought you to the playoffs. <laughs> um, Aaron Jones, he's had two straight limited practices for Jones dealing with a knee injury, which he's been dealing with since week 11. Um, do you worry that the Packers lean on Dylan these last couple of weeks to save Jones for the playoffs? Um, given that, uh, Packers are already guaranteed a playoff spot. They're still, you know, uh, contending for the number one seed, but they are, um, ahead in that race right now. Um, to me, Aaron Jones has running back one upside. And for that reason alone, you kind of have to start him, but do you guys feel differently? Oh, the Aaron Jones. I mean, he's a, he's a must start. Yeah, for sure. And then on the other hand with AJ Dillon, is he flexible? And I mean, in terms of fantasy football, can you flex him? Not, can he do a good sit and reach? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That takes it back to elementary school. <laughs> um, Flexworthy. The only reason I I see Dylan as maybe being flexworthy is the Packers getting ahead in this game, and they've been using Dylan a lot to close out games. So it's it's just dependent on how much of that time will he get. Right, and there is the notion of you know saving Aaron Jones for the postseason. Yeah, if they get up big, that could certainly happen. Um, and by big, I mean honestly, like fourteen points. Not even like maybe ten. Like Aaron Jones dealing with some injuries, I can see him going up ten and just saying, "Okay, unless we need Aaron Jones, let's limit his snaps pretty significantly." That's well, all. last year uh, there's one extra game this season, so let's just say uh, the second to last game of the year, right? AJ Dillon came in, had 21 carries, went off, you know, 
like 130 yards, something like that, compared to Aaron Jones getting 10 carries and 90 yards, still went off. Yeah. But they allowed A.J. Dillon last year, two weeks before the season ended, to take over with their playoff spot secured. We're two weeks before the season's over now. It's a little bit different circumstances, though, because like their playoff spot is not secured. They're fighting for that playoff bye, right? Right. bye week, right? So I think it's a little different, and I, I would fade A.J. Dillon this week. Hmm. It's a tough play. Um, Aaron Jones is still a must-start. Dylan of flex is like you have some kind of feeling to to do that. So yeah. I would, yeah, I would go away from him. if you if you're like really on it. They're like, I think, I think AJ Dylan gonna go off. Then like, go with your gut. <clears throat> That's most of fancy, anyways, right? And it it, it kind of depends on like what your team needs. Do you need a massive like boom option? Someone that could really you know steal the week away because you're not favored to win. Or do you need someone that's going to give you a solid nine to thirteen points and and just secure the dub? Like if you need that, just a, a security blanket. I think Dylan is more flex worthy in that situation. Um, because it's almost guaranteed that he's going to get you a solid eight nine points, at least. Um, on the other side of the ball, Cook practiced in full on Thursday, so he should be good to go. Um, so you're obviously starting him, Justin Jefferson, you're starting Thielen out for the season placed on IR. Um, so where does that leave you with KJ Osborne last week? He had seven targets, five receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown, um, for 15.3 points and a half PPR. On the defensive side for the Packers, Jair Alexander could be back, but they also have Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas, who have been playing really, really well. Really good football. Specifically Rasul Douglas, who's yeah. been an absolute monster in the last you know, month. Yep. Yep. Which hurts as a Raiders fan. We let him go before the season started. Yes, you did. Um, so how does that make you feel about K.J. Osborne? He's a wide receiver, too, in this offense with Thielen out. But do you consider him flex-worthy in that position going against the Packers? Uh, Sure do. I mean, as we've seen all year, when Thielen's out, Osborne produces. I understand the matchup isn't great. Right. But, like, this is a very prolific passing offense. I would rather bet on A.J. Osborne uh, or K.J. Osborne getting you know getting his his targets in and you know getting his yardage in yeah i could agree with that i I think kj osborne's a good player i really do um the film says that he's a playmaker and and um can really have a, a nice role in this league um and i think for this week yeah you can consider him a flex worthy play wide receiver three um what about kirk cousins since week eight since week eight he is the QB four overall. Does that surprise you? Not at all. He carried me to a championship about three years ago, <laughs> three or four years ago. Um, he's been underrated, and this guy has been like borderline top ten, top twelve for years. Very underrated. Now it is a prime time game, and he's going against the <laughs> Packers. It does scare me a bit. Honestly, and I know that's a, a shitty analysis, um, 
But I'm fading Kirk Cousins this week as a top 12 play. What about you guys? I like you brought the, the primetime thing because it's such a weird stat for, <laughs> yeah, for him. Uh, let me look. At, I know he. Well, ha- I know he's finally won a game on primetime. Let me look it up. I'll just say this: the Vikings play the Packers in Week 11. Kirk Cousins carved him up for 341 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. So that that's a little something to go off of there. The Packers. Um, I've been looking at a lot of quarterbacks versus defensive uh, stats today, and quarterbacks versus the Packers. This is definitely one of the better ones I've looked at um, in the last few days they're allowing multiple touchdowns uh essentially every single week besides so seven out of 16 weeks they've actually shut someone to one or less but nine out of 16 weeks is two or more touchdown passes thrown so they tend to give two plus touchdowns to quarterbacks i mean they're averaging giving up 230 yards i i like her cousins He's been on a roll. He already knows what he's doing against the Packers a few weeks ago. It looks good. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to, like, specifically say, like, primetime games is the reason why he's going to, you know, fail this week. But in <laughs> his record in front of him is 8-17. and 17. It's terrible. It's really bad. That's 1-3. and three. That <laughs> <laughs> I'll take those odds, baby. So... And just put a little historical. What are the Vikings' money line? <laughs> okay, first of all, what uh, what are the primetime games playing for the Vikings and not the Washington Redskins at the time? Well, that, that's a good point, and I don't know if this article says it or not. Right. But to you know, just throw it out there, 8-17, and 17, since the merger, 62 quarterbacks who have thrown at least 500 pass attempts in primetime games, like Kirk Cousins has, he has the fourth worst winning percentage. The only guys behind him are Jeff George, Andy Dalton, and Jim Everett. Jeez. You better leave that name out of this. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, but like I said, I really want to know if that includes like the Washington football team numbers when he played for them versus playing for the Vikings because it's a way different supporting cast. Uh, do you think Tyler Conklin can be started? That I'm feeling now officially out again. I've been saying all year, this guy's completely touchdown dependent. If you like touchdown dependent tight ends, roll with it. It sounds like you're a boomer bust guy. I'm not. Boomer bust tight ends. Um, it got it. It just sounds horrible to me, honestly. I, I would rather get six out of my tight end than zero or fifteen. Yeah, he's only scored three touchdowns on the year. Nah, not looking great. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, and the thing is, like, even for him, like, even his, like, boom games aren't really boom games, you know? It's, like, only because he scored a touchdown, so he's got, like, 10 points. Uh, Browns taking on the Steelers on Monday Night Football. The Browns are three-point favorites, over-unders 41 points. Big Ben Roethlisberger suggested this could be his last game at Heinz Field, meaning it's looking likely he's going to retire, man. Um which is crazy. About uh, damn time. <laughs> hey, man, he's still sh- showing some flashes this year. Uh, he's been there's some ball in some places. Yeah. Um, Chase Claypool owners would like a word. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah he, we would. and Tell him to grow up. 
No. <laughs> um, uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, one of the most consistent receivers this year. Um, even with his old quarterback, still has to be started no matter what. Najee Harris, same deal at running back. Uh, Pat Fryermuth practiced in full on Thursday, so he should be available for Monday Night Football. Do you view, view Pat Fryermuth? <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> Do you view Pat Fryermuth as a top 12 play at tight end against the Browns? Oh, yeah, definitely. Pat Fryermuth is definitely worthy of tight end start. I just wanted to say this about Big Ben. I did a little Twitter poll on our Twitter earlier. At the FF Fathers. At the FF Fathers. And um, I basically said, would you start Big Ben in the championship week knowing this is his last game at Heinz Field? Terrible poll. <laughs> is it, though? Going against the Browns, who have been... Su- like the Browns have been exposed against quarterbacks, right? Yeah. And Big Ben going out, maybe wants to go out with a bang. Basically, um, we actually got a good amount of answers. And, and I'll tell you this, 100%. Um, I'll give you the two options. The first one was, um, oh, fuck yeah, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Would you roll with Ben Roethlisberger this week in the playoffs? Oh, fuck yeah, bud. Or, ah, oh, LOL, hell no. Nah. And every single answer was, LOL, hell no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> every single one. Yeah, sounds about right. I would also vote that myself. I'll tell them they're fucking wrong. Ben Roethlisberger's won three this week. Maybe. And maybe. And if you're willing to to throw your chips in on Big Ben in a championship game, you got balls of steel for the Steel City. Davis Mills or Ben Roethlisberger? If you're making that decision in the championship <laughs> week, how'd you get there? Yeah, you shouldn't be um, in the championship. But, but big, it's totally possible, though. If you're I'm in a competitor, I'm going big Ben. Yeah, I would go big Ben too. Yes, I I see what you guys are saying though. With like, oh, if you're in that position at this point, but it's totally possible in a competitive league where everyone's holding on to sure. get players and still being competitive. Competitive people are fine for third place. People are fine to not finish in last place. That. You're not be able to pick up good waiver wire options, and Big Ben's definitely hanging out there, right? And and you know you you could think there could be someone out there in the in the world. I'm sure there is that had like Lamar Jackson, and like okay, I'll pick up Carson Wentz. Well, Carson Wentz is now on COVID, and might may or may not play. So now you're down to you know Big Ben or Davis Mills. Like that is a, that is actually a viable thing that yeah, could, it could happen. happen. And I go Big Ben. Um, on the other side of the ball, Nick Chubb's the only start right for the Browns. Oh, yeah, obviously. Um, I'll throw this interesting stat out there just because I like sharing interesting stats. Donovan Peoples-Jones in the last, like, seven or eight weeks is ranked fourth in air yardage per target. It it doesn't accumulate too much, but I think that's very interesting. Keep an eye on his future, honestly. Maybe they're interesting, like, developing him as, you know, a a downfield threat. I, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's I mean, that's a dynasty rankings type of thing, future rankings. Um, for this game, it, it doesn't matter a whole lot, but I do like. That. I mean, honestly, you and I've opened on DVP for most of the year. The second OBJ was gone, we were like, "Hey, look at this guy." Bye, bye, OBJ. Hello, DPJ. So yeah. let, let me read this little <laughs> snippet here from head coach Kevin Stefanski. He said Anthony Schwartz role will expand over the final two games, suggesting a decreased role for Peoples-Jones. 
Um, I think for sure Anthony coming off the concussion protocol and getting into these games, getting him some touches, I think his role will grow. Sounds about right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, if 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 he's getting demoted just because Anthony Schwartz, let me guess, Schwartz is like a- is available now off an injury. That tells me everything I need to know because I don't know who the hell Anthony Schwartz even is. I think that's more of a state of the brown. Okay, you know Anthony Schwartz. You know how I tell you what he is. He's a real lunch pail guy. All right, <laughs> first in, first out. Yeah. All right. Sure. That's the kind of guy he is. Hey, All well, right. It sounds like he has earned some playing time. Yeah, hey, a, real, a real mental tough player. Sounds like a. Hey, he's doing all the white things. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get into our starts of the week and close this thing out. Uh, Starting at the quarterback position, I will kick us off here since no one wanted to volunteer. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Because you gave us so much. (laughs) We don't got time. Uh, I was going to roll into it. We're moving. Um, Jalen Hurts is my quarterback of the week. Um, he has the best matchup in terms of um, fantasy potential for quarterbacks as um, the Washington football team has been giving up the most points to the quarterback position. And, of course, he has the massive rushing upside. So Jalen Hurts is my quarterback this week. And speaking of rushing upside... My quarterback start of the week is going to be Trey Lance versus the Houston Texans. God damn. Why am I doing it? Because I'm going wild. I thought you were starting Davis Mills over him. <laughs> oh, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Not quite. You know, and Trey Lance is a couple spots ahead of him. All right. Don't be shit on <laughs> Davis Mills. All right. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. You'll, you'll be laughing when Davis Mills scores 30 against you next, next year. Anyways, I got Trey Lance for my quarterback start of the week. We've said it a million times. We love our rushing quarterbacks. It provides a great floor. Jalen Hurts just brought up. Taysom Hill, both those guys proved it can be true. You can be a horrible real-life quarterback and be a great fantasy quarterback as long as you provide rushing upside in a, in a good rushing offense, which is where the 49ers are. So the sample size is small, but I think that Lance has shown he can extend plays very well, and it, it's a bit of a risk, but I'm liking him this week. It is a bit of a risk, but I mean, like you said, like he has crazy upside, so I like it. I'm going with Joe Burrow. Uh, I hinted at it a couple times earlier in the episode. Joe Burrow is going to go off. I understand, like the Chiefs, their defense has been revamped, or so we think. Honestly, I don't think that they're revamped because they've had significantly better play defensively. I think they're revamped because they have been playing shitty offenses. This uh, win streak they've been on went back all the way back to Week Eight, right? Let me tell you the offenses they've played in that time frame. They played the Giants, the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, the Raiders twice, the Cowboys, the Chargers, and the Steelers. The only offenses you can really say were any were any good were the Cowboys and the Chargers. The Cowboys, and granted, they did handle the Cowboys, but you're quick to forget that they're lo- missing their starting left tackle in Tyron Smith. Amari Cooper was a late scratch of the game because of COVID. And C. Lamb left the game in the second quarter with a concussion, and Zeke hurt his ankle in the first half and barely played the second half. That leads to a lot of bad things for the Cowboys. That's why the Chiefs won. So, with all that being said, the Chiefs' defense isn't that good. 
They're a product of the teams they've been playing, which means that Joe Burrow, who's been quarterback four in the last month and is leading the NFL with 333 yards per game in that time frame, is going to be a huge, huge play. There's too many weapons on the Bengals' offense for the Chiefs to stop. All in on the Joe. Um, I'm going Ronald Jones at running back. Why? Well, he's playing the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Low-hanging fruit. <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, if you're able to snag Ronald Jones off the waiver, if you've been holding on to him all year, uh, absolute RB1 smash play. My only worry about this play is the Bucks getting so far ahead that Keyshawn Vaughn um, gets a shit ton of garbage time. That's the that's my only worry about this. Um, but other than that, Ronald Jones should get enough opportunity against a bad um, defense to take advantage and score a lot of fantasy points. I am totally with you. I'm so on board. I was almost looking at Keyshawn Vaughn being a possible start of the week for me. I think Keyshawn Vaughn is playable, honestly. I think you're nuts if you think that. <laughs> I think he, he had, is. Okay, he had what? He had what? Sixty-eight yards last week, or something? yeah. But look who they're playing: the I Jets, know. who have given up points to two running backs on every single team, week I, in and week out. I I think there will be enough volume for Keyshawn Vaughn to produce um, a flex-worthy output. Oh yeah, and game script will probably allow him to get some garbage time carries like he did last week. Yeah. I know, but okay, so he had seven carries total last week. One of those carries went right. for 55 yards. Yes. I mean, on the other six carries, he had 15 yards. Yeah, but it wasn't against the Jets. Okay, it was against the Panthers. <laughs> like, they're so much better. Like, come on. They're definitely better than the Jets. Yeah, they are, but come on. Six yeah. carries for 15 yards it's, is not good. It's the worst rushing defense in the league. They're giving up the most fantasy points to, to running backs. I see where you're coming races. from because, like, he wouldn't have had his stat line without that big run. But, yeah, it, it's the Jets and the game script, him being the backup running back with Fournette out. I, he It improves his looks. It makes him, like, borderline. 27.4 fantasy points a week to opposing running backs. I think the key word for Keyshawn Vaughn is backup running back. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> And I mean, honestly, you're like, banking on garbage time points for him, which aren't guaranteed. Yeah. One thing I will add Almost. is they, they are playing in New York. And we know how the weather's been up here in the frigid north. We're up here in the northwest, not the northeast. But the weather has been shitty and very cold. And these guys are coming from Tampa Bay. So, eh, you know, that might con- contribute a little bit to that. But anyways, my running back play of the week is going to be Javante Williams versus the Chargers. Like we talked about earlier, the Chargers got destroyed by Burkhead. He got 149 yards and two touchdowns last week against them. And last time Denver played the Chargers in Week 12, the Broncos ended up with 137 rushing yards split between um, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I, like I said earlier, it's a gut feeling. I just feel like Williams has shown he's more explosive, and Melvin Gordon's battling that hip injury just with him being a little bit older than Javante Williams, this is me overthinking it. I'm hoping they give Javante more leeway than Melvin, and he ends up with the explosive plays, which are bound to happen this week for the Broncos. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I, we've been high on Javante Williams all year, so I, I expect that to happen also. 
Uh, I'm going back to Rashad Penny, who uh, Trey picked last week. And oddly enough, I know Trey wasn't able to, to join us on our matchups, but last week I had Russell as my quarterback start of the week. Uh, Trey had Rashad Penny as the start of the week for running back, and James had Tyler Locke as the start of the week at receiver. We knew one of us was going to be correct, and it ended up being Trey. So I'm going to double down. I'm going to take Rashad Penny. Go me. <laughs> um, honestly, this one's pretty easy. He's now had four straight starts. He's running back 13 in those starts, averaging 14.5 points a game. I understand he has a couple bus games in that, but I'm not worried about that against the Lions defense, who's giving up 27 points per game to running back. That makes Rashad Penny an easy top 10 play. Not to mention, even with those bus games, he's still averaging 6.4 yards per carry in these starts. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Penny's a solid play. Hopefully he stays healthy through the whole game. Um, <clears throat> my wide receiver start of the week, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and this is because they're playing the Ravens, um, who <clears throat> their secondary has been demolished by injury and COVID, which was evident after Burrow torched them for over 500 yards last week. I think Stafford will be playing with a chip on his shoulder after throwing three picks last week. And Odell Beckham Jr. is a red zone target for this game, which we alluded or for this team, which we alluded to uh, a little bit earlier in the show. He's already scored four touchdowns, and I could see that streak continuing. Yeah. Well, OBJ action. I like that. I like Jalen Waddle this week personally versus uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, as we all know, Waddle's been on fire lately, and if you want to listen to this podcast at all, we've been pretty high on Waddle, especially myself, most of the season. And um, his usage is just undeniable at this point. He hasn't had less than eight catches in his last five games, double-digit points in four of his last five games. Um, I mean, Tennessee is honestly average against receivers, but with the chemistry that Waddle has with Tua right now, I think it's undeniable, and it's going to continue for the rest of the season. So, I mean, eight eight catches, 80 yards, and hopefully a touchdown is definitely not out of grasp at all. Yeah, Waddle's honestly a nice pick. He keeps getting better as the years go on. He's gotten better, like, every week. So, that just his upside's insane. Um, I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb. Um, this is a guy I feel like we don't talk about a ton throughout the year because he's just kind of consistently been good. But the last three weeks have been pretty poor. Um, as we mentioned, like, outside the top 30 receivers last three weeks. That's going to change this week. The Cowboys offense has seemed to get back on track against Washington. I do expect that to continue to, to keep going. Um, CeeDee Lamb is, without a doubt, Dak Prescott's favorite target. He has 23 more targets than anybody else on the team. You're talking about, you know, a couple targets extra per game. That adds up by a lot. He's also the by far the most dynamic weapon. If you break the field down into like quadrants you have left middle right short intermediate and deep cd lamb has at least 10 targets in every single one of those zones except for the deep middle where he has seven so he's not far off that just means that they get him the ball in every way possible and arizona's not good against receivers they're the fifth ranked defense against receivers giving up 38 points per game i expect cd lamb to go over 20 this week and be a easy top 10 play. Oh, yeah. Uh, tight end, I have Dallas Godair. 
I'm about to go to Eric. So he played Washington week 15, had a big game, nine targets, seven receptions, 135 yards. Gets Washington again this week with a depleted Washington defense uh, who's about middle of the pack against tight ends. So decent matchup. Um, Recently had a big game against this team. I think he'll do it again. And I'm going there, huh? I'm going to go with Foster Moreau versus the Colts this week. Indianapolis has been horrible against tight ends this year, and Foster Moreau is a very capable tight end. His stats don't really show it. This is just a homer showing or telling you his homer take. He's a very capable tight end, and um, I think he'll be utilized a lot in this game. And I'll just be honest. I'm going off a straight feeling and the fact that he plays almost 100% of the snaps. Like, he's going to get the ball. I agree, and I'm also going off of a, a gut feeling, and I can't believe I'm doing it. Um, I told myself I wouldn't after he burned me, I don't know, like four or five times early in the year. <laughs> but I can't just leave my boy behind. I'm going with Tyler Higby. One last ride, baby. One last ride, baby. <laughs> I am. Tyler Higby against the Ravens. I said it earlier. There's one rule to fantasy football is you start your tight ends against the Ravens, and that is all I have for my analysis on this. That's all I got. Tyler Higby, he's going to go off because he got to give me one of them. Uh, stinky defenses, what do you got for the peeps? All right. This one's a little bit longer than it usually is because the last one of the year, championship week, so I figured I'd put a little bit extra into it. Really, just extra thirty seconds. But um, so hey, we'll just start. Thanks off. for going all out for us. Hey, I, you know, I, I was looking at it and I, I just put in the extra effort for you. So let's go through the obvious stars. Uh, and there's probably no chance you can get these guys, but these are obvious stars: the Patriots versus Jacksonville, obviously. The Bucks versus the Jets. Aren't these some juicy matchups for Championship Weekend though? Yeah. There's even more. The Bills are playing the Falcons. Come on now. Except, but wait, there's but more. Yeah, wait. seriously. But wait, and then even wait, there's more. The Saints are playing the Panthers. That's four like automatic like you have to start the those. The Panthers guys. are fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, but let's get back. Uh, let's move away from the obvious ones and, and some teams that you might be able to pick up off of the waiver wire, right? So I really like the Bears against the Giants, only because the Giants have like become the team to start defenses against. They're like the new Jets, the new Jaguars of the last half of the season. So you start the start the Bears against the Giants. Um, I the Dolphins against the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee's been struggling on offense, and Miami's been great on defense. Tennessee hasn't scored more than 20 points in like the last five weeks. Miami hasn't allowed more than 20 points in the last like seven weeks. That's just going to combine for at least a solid fantasy game for the Miami defense. Moving on, I like the Colts defense versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Indianapolis has allowed 33 points in their last, or they've allowed 33 points total in their last three games. And Las Vegas has been struggling offensively with all the BS that's going on with their team lately. Coach changes, players killing people, whatever stuff like that. <laughs> they, they they're trying to figure things out, right? They they are not they don't have a rhythm on offense. And Indianapolis is out of thirty three points in three games, eleven points a game. It, it, they have a good chance of like really beating up on the Raiders. Last but not least, we'll close out our last start state of the season right here with. The Seattle Seahawks versus the Detroit Lions. Been saying it for like six or seven weeks now. Very consistent defense. If you want to start a defense that's not going to screw you over and get negative points, Seattle's the way to go. Every single time, 
Detroit Lions, we all know what they are on offense. And like I said earlier, they're playing in Seattle. It's going to be raining. It's going to be 40 degrees. And if you've ever been to CenturyLink Stadium, whatever they named it, renamed it to now, Lumen Field or whatever, right? Either way, the Seattle football, the Seattle Seahawks Stadium, right? <laughs> it's right next to the ocean, okay? It's going to be raining, and it's not going to be 40 degrees. It's going to be like 30, 30 degrees. There's going to be a crazy wind chill. It's going to be a tough game for the Detroit Lions. Seahawks defense is going to kill it this week. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, some good choices there for defenses. Um, And that'll do it for our late window starts of the week. Week 17 championship edition. So good luck in the championship this week. And I think we'll be doing this again next week. Same routine. Um, And then we'll eventually get into some off-season content. So keep your eyes peeled for all that, and good luck this week in your championship games. Hit us up on Twitter at the FF Fathers, and other than that, take her easy. Go get that money. That money, honey. Get that money, dog. Follow us. Subscribe. Hit us up on Twitter. Ask us some questions. I don't care. What's Jane's favorite color? Probably something stupid. What kind of car does Tyler drive? We're not going to tell you. It doesn't Shame. matter. Yeah, what part of town do we live in in Washington? doesn't Get matter. It. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But who we starting at tight end? Hit us up. Go there. We out there. We going to go there <laughs> at tight end. Exactly. I don't care. Ask us anything that's not personal. We got you. <laughs> Trey, what's your social? <laughs> 8675309. <laughs> All right, guys. Good night. <laughs>